I need to know who did it and how they did it. There is no reason why House of Dragons and She-Hulk both had weddings. Somebody got paid, and I need to know how to get a piece of that money myself. From the Vault 319 Recording Room, I'm Jake Alexander, and this is the Tweakle Podcast. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Alexander, the voice in the void, the lone wolf, your favorite host with a list. How the hell are you? Happy Friday. And I hate Michigan. Yeah, that's how I'm starting off this episode today, because Lord knows this. This is this. This is just annoying. It was 88 degrees on Wednesday. Thursday rolled around and it was a high of 65. Now it's Friday and it's going to be a high of 59. I understand it was the last day of summer. And it is now fall, autumn, whichever one you want to use. But the, the, the temperature should not have fallen off a cliff like that. Lord, I, 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 don't get me wrong. I love all four seasons, but this is just, this is a bit much for me to take all at once. Uh, besides that, uh, how the hell are you? Happy Friday. So happy you tuned in to the podcast. Uh, we're back with a normal episode. We're not going to do a speed run today. We're going to talk about She-Hulk. We're going to talk about House of Dragon, which was really good. Um, and then we're going to have the last call. We're going to have a Typical episode, but I'm going to try to keep it short because I know you have stuff to do and I have a lot of things to do as well. So uh, let's get right into it. So let's kick in the news talking about Deadpool 3. Now, of all the names that you could think to be in a Marvel film, whether it's actually Marvel, Disney, or Sony by extension, uh, Brad Pitt is probably not a name that you would think would ever join a Marvel franchise. But guess what? Brad Pitt has already been in a Marvel movie. He was had a quick cameo in Deadpool 2 where he appeared as Vanisher and he died as quickly as he hit the scene, which you didn't see his character actually until he hit a power line and got fried to death. Yeah, it was a very quick cameo. Well, they're in talks with Brad Pitt to bring him back for Deadpool 3. I don't know how they would do that. Maybe his character didn't die. Either way, as soon as the casting is confirmed, I'll let you know. Uh, I actually want Brad Pitt to be in a Marvel movie, like properly, where you actually get to see him act. He actually does really good character work, not just the stuff you usually see. I mean, he's actually a really good like take on a uh, a different character and portray that character if you don't believe me go watch a movie called uh, uh, um, what was it called uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels go watch the movie watch him it, he's just fantastic it, trust me um, Star Trek The Next Generation my all time favorite uh, Star Trek series I am a Trekkie at heart um, it's getting rebooted so the fourth Star Trek movie you know there were three Star Trek movies that have come out as of late um, but they're doing a fourth movie now. Um, this fourth movie will have Star Trek The Next Generation characters and the Enterprise D that they served on in this movie at some point. But they will be rebooted versions. Be new actors obviously playing um, them in a younger age and this, that, and the other. Um, the characters will also serve, the characters, uh, them being in the movie will serve as like a pseudo reboot 
for the next generation series which is looks like it's getting rebooted to be restarted um just me to paramount uh, paramount who is uh, doing this and who owns the rights to this please do not fuck this up star trek the next generation is a huge part of my life not just my childhood my entire life do not mess up star trek the next generation it is my all-time fave and if they screw up this reboot i will burn paramount to the ground i promise you that's not a threat that is a promise um squid game if you are looking forward to season two you're just gonna have to hold out a little longer because it looks like it's delayed we looks like we may have to wait until 2024 for the second season of squid game um the creator huang Yuk. I hope I said his name properly. I probably butchered it. Um, he said that he's working on the second season and it could be a revenge tale, but it is very unlikely that it, that it will arrive at any time soon, which I'm not surprised. It was a big deal. Um, take your time. Please do it. I fell in love with the series. I was surprised I liked it as much as I did. But if they're going to do it, take your time. Do it right. Um, luckily for us, there's supposed to be a real life game show um that is based on squid game um that sh might be debuting sometime uh, next year uh, probably late into the year probably on until late into the summer um but if it debuts i'll let you know and i guess that's supposed to hold us over until season two arrives either way it is what it is um i told you last week and the week before that and a couple of times to watch out for this new series uh, star wars series called andor and I'm telling you, it is now a top rated series for a reason. It is so damn good. It's on Disney Plus. If you saw Rogue One, if you love Rogue One as much as I do, I believe Rogue One is the best Disney um, film for the Star Wars universe that has been done since Disney took over. Um, and this feels very much like Rogue One. Andor feels and looks and has that sort of that aesthetic just like Rogue One. Um, right now the first three episodes actually are, is now up on Disney Plus all the critics that are talking about it they're, they're saying it's the best Star Wars story in a long time and quite frankly I don't mean to pat myself on the back but I called it I said it as soon as they showed the first trailer to this series as soon as they talked about what it was supposed to be about I said it and when, as soon as I saw it it looked very much like Rogue One it felt like Rogue One and everybody is comparing it to it now if you have not watched it watch it the first three episodes are up um and we're going to close out the news today i, I told you this is going to be real quick today we're going to close out the news day talking about a new legend of zelda game so all you legend of zelda uh devotees you're getting a new game coming all right it's called uh legend of zelda tears of the kingdom um from what i've seen of the trailer it kind of gives me ocarina of time vibes which is good because i haven't played any zelda games since ocarina of time which means i've missed quite a few missed quite a bit um and that's, that's that's cool i've never been the biggest zelda fan but when this one comes out from what i've seen i will be playing it um and we actually have a date i'm surprised they actually gave a, a um a, a drop date may 12th next year 2023 it's it's going to be out nintendo switch you obviously know that probably um and when it comes out <clears throat> excuse me when it comes out i will be buying it i will be playing it uh more likely i'll probably play it all over twitch and then you can join me in on it but i'll let you i'll let you know when we cross that bridge so you can hop in on it and play with me maybe <laughs> uh, i'm going to take a break real quick grab some coffee or grab a cup of water either one and when we come back we're going to talk about house of dragon episode five Now, I'm a sucker for a wedding. I like them a lot. I like them so much I even had one of my own many, many moons ago. Whole different story. <laughs> See, I'm a romantic at heart. 
I love to see love on display. But Game of Thrones, yeah, not so much. I'll, I'll explain. So in episode five of uh, House, of, House of the Dragon, there's a, a ton going on. So right at the beginning, we got to brief, briefly meet Lord Rhea Royce, the actual wife of Lord Damon. Now, I say briefly because she ends up dead <laughs> real quickly after falling from her horse and breaking her back. Um, and I forgot to mention that Damon is the reason that the horse threw her off in the first place. And I also forgot to mention that it's suggested that he smashed her in the face with a large rock while she was still breathing on the ground. It, yeah, Damon is something else. Um, soon after that, we get to see King Viserys visit the castle home of Lord Corlys Valerian. And he's there to propose marriage between Rhaenyra and the sea snake's son, Lenore Laner. Uh, I don't want to say Lenore, it's Laner. Uh, it is accepted, although we later learn that Laner has a male lover. He's gay. And uh, his lover's name is Joffrey Lonmouth. Um, Joffrey is also a knight that's pledged to the Valerian family. Um, now, Laner having a male lover seems like it would kill the idea of marriage to Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra knows, and she basically tells him, like, look, I know you're gay. I'm not trying to turn you straight. Just like I don't really want to be married to you. And they are cousins, so this is really weird. But like we said last week, for the Car for the Targaryen family, this is uh, normal. Um, but luckily, Rhaenyra already knew that her cousin that her cousin was gay. Uh, I mean, they are cousins after all. She knows. Um, but she's the future queen, and she just gives him uh, basically an ultimatum and gives him a way out where they can both prosper from this union. She tells him like, "Hey, we can get married. We can have kids like our families expect us to do, so we can have heirs." But Hey, guess what? You keep your boyfriend and keep him on the side and I get to go off and sleep with as many dudes as I want. And that's just going to be it. And he agrees, which seems like that's going to be the end of it. Right. But we all kind of knew that that is going to be the end of it. So um, along the way in this whole little thing, we get to see King Viserys is like increasingly ill. I mean, like bad. He's starting to bleed from his nose a few times. And toward the end of the episode, he even passes out in the middle of in the middle of the room. Um, Alicent, the queen. Uh, who's married to the king later on she calls her christian cole in and tries to have a little talk with him she's trying to get him to tell him if her, if rhaenyra and damon actually got into something but uh sir christian cole thinks that the queen is on to him and she she unwittingly coaxes this confession out of him that he slept with rhaenyra and now she knows that rhaenyra lied to her um and that all came to a head later on because remember allison is very shy She's timid. She kind of likes to play the background. She doesn't like to get in everybody's way. At the beginning of the episode, her dad told her, like, look, I'm I'm leaving you basically among wolves. I have to go because the king is sending me away. I'm not the hand anymore. You're the queen. You got to stay. Obviously, I can't be here to protect you. He's telling her all this. And he, she's he's like, like, you're going to have to, like, grow a backbone and really start acting like a queen. And toward the end of that, toward the end of this episode, she really does it and you see it in the simplest of manners so she shows up to the uh, the episode's wedding which we're going to get into in a minute um wearing a green dress now for anybody who don't who does not know anything about um game of thrones or this particular book which is the like i said is, is the prequel to the uh, game of thrones um the color that she's wearing that green that is the color that the beacon uh, shines when the Hightower family, the, the family she comes from, when their family is called to war. 
Yeah, so she's wearing that green dress, and that green dress with her wearing it is also a step toward setting up the green and black factions of the Targaryen family. So if you know anything about uh, Game of Thrones at all, you know that those two factions have always been at each other, and this is the first step toward those two factions being uh, split up and being set up uh, moving forward. Now, with all of that going on, nothing is more important than what happens at the wedding. And what happens at this wedding feast party is Sir Christian Cole kills Joffrey Lonmouth in the middle of the entire party. Now, it was already a tense affair with Damon returning of all people. He actually showed back up and nobody actually said a thing to him, not even the king. He basically showed up like nothing, like nothing happened, like nothing in the last two episodes <laughs> like went on. Um, and there's undertones of violence with Alicent wearing the green dress and Sir Gerald Royce, who is Lady Rhea's cousin. Um, he basically goes out of his way to threaten Damon and Damon kind of shuts him down like, yeah, well, you can basically threaten me all you want to. But, you know, now that she's dead, I own everything. So including you because you work on the land and I own you. But he, you know, he shuts that down. But Joffrey tried to approach um, Sir Christian Cole and tell him, like, hey, look, I know about you and Rhaenyra. You, you and Rhaenyra basically know about me and Laner. They're like, hey man, look, we just protect those two secrets. We can ha both have what we want. The we both know it's basically a sham marriage. This is what Joffrey is trying to tell uh, Kristen Cole, and Cole snaps and he beats Joffrey to death with his bare hands. I mean, just bludgeons this dude. I mean, caves his face in. It is very much a Game of Thrones bloody <laughs> wedding. It. Just continues the tradition of the Game of Thrones weddings becoming very bloody. And I loved it. Um, you know, we had the infamous Red Wedding in Season 3, Episode 9 of Game of Thrones. Still one of my all-time favorite TV moments, period. Um, then we had the Purple Wedding in Season 4, Episode 2 of Game of Thrones. And here, we're, we're given the Green Wedding. And an interesting parallel, too, between the Green and the Purple Weddings. Both have a man named Joffrey being murdered. <laughs> That's something um it's really good to see all these things starting to uh, uh come together and how this is a prequel and it's setting up everything that you saw in game of thrones um this episode surprisingly was a step up i was expecting it to just be a good episode after last week but this was truly a step up and although it's more narrative than anything else it's still packed with punch um i don't consider it better than episode four but it's still damn good i'll say that um, if you're not watching it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Please go watch it. Uh, I'm going to take a break, grab some water. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about She-Hulk episode six. Now, I don't want to say this, but She-Hulk episode six, this was just a bad episode. Everything in it was subpar to the rest of the series thus far, and I don't understand how that happened. After Jen seemingly turned a corner last week and was firmly in a position to be a, 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 even just a bit more confident in herself as Jen and She-Hulk, this episode kind of took all of that away. But what if I told you that that is all okay? That's, that's fine. Now, I will say that the opening scene set up the episode's direction and actually told the truth with Jen breaking the fourth wall. To recap, Jen is called upon by an old friend named Lulu to be a bridesmaid at her wedding. Jen accepts. 
She even goes to the length of telling us directly through that fourth wall break that yes, this will be a self-contained wedding episode. And yes, this was an inconvenient time to do so, but that is exactly what happened when weddings come about. Now the wedding plays out as it should, honestly, as Jen tries to fit in and be a good bridesmaid, she's still made to feel excluded and unwanted and small, regardless of how accomplished her law career is and the fact that she's a Hulk to boot. At least she gets a nice guy hitting on her. On Jen, that is, not She-Hulk. When all that kind of goes out the window as Titania, of all people, shows up just to pick a fight. Now, the fight is short and rather one-sided, but not bad for a, a law-slash-comedy. Now, the Beast, the B-side story, it sees Nikki working with Mallory in a divorce case with Mr. Immortal, of all people, and his multiple wives and husband. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, I guess. Um, quite frankly, the whole proceeding is just funny. It's just hilarious. And the, the fact that Mr. Immortal, instead of trying to uh, deal with the fact that Nikki is going off on him about his let's say proclivities to kill himself, to get out of marriages. He doesn't like the fact that Nikki's yelling at him. And so he throws himself out of Mallory's office window just to get away from getting into the argument. It it's funny. That is hilarious. It's the stuff of legend. It's one of those things that you will be talking about later on down the line. Um, but he winds up having to pay off every single ex and it's Nikki, not Mallory. Oddly enough, that's at the center of the law aspect of this case. It's her ability to connect with each of Mr. Immortal's exes that allows the, the firm to get Mr. Immortal almost off, you know, almost off completely without having to pay much. Um, this storyline we learn um, in the storyline, the, the side storyline, we learn that there's a website called Intelligentsia where there are people gather and they discuss their disdain for Jennifer Walters and for She-Hulk, even wanting to get rid of her like permanently kill her um overall the episode is good but for me this episode lacked a lot of the cohesiveness from the other episodes as far as the action and the the comedy and the fourth wall breaks and the the uh, the narrative and the the acting was kind of i don't know it was kind of jagged um and the cgi for the first time i'll say this the cgi looked bad in this episode for some reason um it just looked sloppy and the entire episode kind of felt sloppy but like i said there's i think there's a reason they're kind of doing this i don't think it's done accidentally i think everything about this episode and how it is kind of it's not hitting all the buttons like it did when it first started out i think all of that is being done on purpose i think she hulk is purposely being shown lately as of late in a haphazard way to highlight one Jen's struggle uh, to navigate being her normal self and she hope simultaneously and two to illustrate just how biased the world is toward um, not just the show, but women in general and women like Jen, uh, women who are smart and accomplished and in some cases very powerful and they just hate her and they and there are people out here who just hate the show without any real reason to hate it other than the fact that it's a woman led show. And I think maybe that they kind of knew going into it, into doing this show that they were going to have to deal with it. And I think that they're doing it by making the shows good 
but making it seem a little off kilter to draw out the conversation about, well, why do you hate the show? Right. Um, and I know that seems like a far fetched thing, but I've seen people do stuff like that. Right. Um, it's basically, it's just an artistic technique. You make things seem a certain way. You do bad things on purpose to generate the, uh, to generate a uh, conversation. So maybe, it, maybe it's that way. Maybe it's not. I understand that that's a, that's a, you know, that's a big stretch, but it's okay. Now, as far as Easter eggs, there are not a ton of Easter eggs. Um, I didn't see the barcode. I may have missed it. Um, there's usually a barcode, a QR code that you can scan to get a free comic. Um, I did not see it in this episode. If I missed it and you see it, let me know. Um, there are some Easter eggs that I did see that I really liked. Um, just like in episode two and episode, I want to say episode five, um, the title card changes. Um, it, it should say She-Hulk attorney at law. Um, just like in those two episodes this time it changes and this time it reads just Jen attorney at law and the episode's title is just Jen. So I, I love it when they do change that title card to, for, um, uh, to fit in with the, uh, the overall tone of the show and how the show is going to go. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Now, Mr. Immortal, we get to meet him as a character. Um, now he's a real character from the comics. Uh, he first appeared in West coast Avengers volume two, number 46. Don't ask me why I remember that. Um, and he was also a founding member of the great lakes Avengers. Yes, that is the thing. Um, and in his run and while they were in the great lakes Avengers, they actually got sued by the actual Avengers for using the Avengers name. Uh, and they wound up in court. And if I'm not mistaken, um, she Hulk, uh, not defended them. I think she defended, she defended the Avengers and hit them with a cease and desist order. Uh, oddly enough. Um, and also in the great lakes Avengers, another member was squirrel girl. Now I need Marvel to hear me. Y'all need to stop playing with me. I want my damn Squirrel Girl series, and it better be Milena Vaintra playing Squirrel Girl. Seriously. We talked about that uh, a few months ago. Uh, she was supposed to be Squirrel Girl, but they sort of canceled the show for whatever reason. Um, and speaking of Squirrel Girl, um, she has a pet Wolverine named Jonathan the Unstoppable. Now, yes, it is an actual <laughs> Wolverine. Um, now, in the episode, I, I bring that up because in the episode... Uh, Lulu tells Jen, hey, you're not going to be walking down the aisle by yourself. We got Jonathan. You can walk down the aisle with Jonathan. And we're all thinking that Jonathan is another dude that she invited to the wedding. Nope. Jonathan is her pet dog. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm thinking that Jonathan is named after uh, Jonathan, the pet Wolverine uh, from the comic books. And yes, I know it's a stretch, but let's be for real. Marvel has put some uh some really obscure names out of the bag before just to name drop to see if somebody would catch on so i yet yeah, it's a stretch i admit that maybe it's a stretch but i'm gonna go with it that's just my thing um now when i was talking about mallory and nikki when they were working the case working the case with mr immortal they hear about that website intelligentsia now the website is seems really seems uh really familiar uh it is pretty much just a take on like 4chan and reddit is just a the, the show's version of a website where people sit around and start spewing whatever they want to and being cynical um the name itself intelligentsia in marvel comics is a real group it's a group of supervillains actually now the the group itself is similar to the illuminati um it's just a bunch of 
like super super evil geniuses and they're led by the leader who is coming back to the mcu will be played by the same guy that played him back in the uh incredible hulk movie that started uh starred edward norton edward norton um also interestingly one of the members of that same group is modok and modok is set to appear in ant-man and the wasp um i can't wait to see how that's going to happen because we're uh last time i checked that the big bad guy in ant-man and the wasp was supposed to be kang the conqueror or a variant of Kang the Conqueror, but apparently Modok is also in the movie. So who knows? Who knows? He might be just like a villain at the beginning. They beat him, and then Kang shows up later, and then you know he's the big bad guy going forward. Also in that movie. Um, now, if you look quick, go, uh, moving on. If you look quick, when Titania arrives on scene, her her earrings are these really gigantic hoop earrings, and they say the word "boss" in them. Uh, boss is an alias that Mister Immortal actually used in the comics. Um, now it's time for a little bit more of obscure lore. I have no idea why I remember this. I just remembered it. So that lets you know that how much of a super geek I am. Um, the guy that is uh, crushing on Jen when she's at the wedding, um, his name is Josh. Now in the comics, there is a character named Josh Glenn who is a super villain. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's, it might be a cross between him. Um, Josh Glenn is a super villain. And he goes by the name Hate Monger. Now, in the comic, Hate Monger is super racist. I mean it like super duper racist. Super duper racist. But what if this Josh, instead of being the super racist from the comics, he's a sexist who hates She-Hulk? Not such a thin theory when you remember that the episode features an entire website that of people who hates She-Hulk. And with you know, people asking if there's a way to kill her or is, you know, remember she, uh, they tried to take her blood with a needle and the guy that she, that she went on a date with, uh, Todd, remember he asked her, Hey, can you be pierced by vibranium? What if this Josh is working for that website? Right. Right. And he's there basically under pretenses, uh, working for the leader. Remember nobody at the wedding that knows Lulu or knows Jen actually says anything to him. He approaches Jen. So what if he's there working for, you know, this intelligentsia website and he's working for the leader and or he's working for whoever sent the uh, the uh, the guys after her and the wrecking crew in the beginning? I'll get back to that in a minute um, because there's another connection to it um, before the fight between Titania and Jen. It's just something I noticed. I don't think this is an Easter egg, but it's something that I thought I thought was kind of neat um, before the fight happens. Jen is drunk and Titania is like just kind of pushing her around and slapped her a few times. And she says, are you not going to turn into the Hulk? Cause I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight just Jen. I want to fight She-Hulk. You need to bring her out. Um, Jen tries to change immediately, but she can't, right? She initially can't change, which is kind of cool because isn't that the exact same thing that happened to Bruce after Bruce got beat down by Thanos? The green, like Hulk just didn't want to come out as Bruce said it. I thought that's a really good connection. I know a lot of people have probably missed that, but I thought that was a good connection. Um, now, the last scene itself is just full of other little smaller Easter eggs that you have to catch. And I caught a ball, uh, caught a bunch of them and it connects back to Josh. Um, so let's start at the beginning of it. So as the show becomes to an end, Josh and Jen are eating French fries and then it sort of dissolves into 
us seeing that Jen and Josh are being watched through a camera in, from a lab. Now, in the lab, there is this small green tank of green liquid. That is the same green liquid that uh, we get to see uh, in the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk from Dr. Stern's lab. That, Like I said, the same guy that played Dr. Stern in that one is coming back. He will be playing the leader, just like he was supposed to be a version of the leader in that movie. He's coming back as the leader in Captain America New World Order. Uh, on that same computer, it has stats for gamma range and how much um, how much uh, gamma is coming off of Jen. Now, remember that uh, it is because of Bruce and Jen, something about their genetic makeup that allows them to, um, the, the gamma to change their blood and allows them to change into the hulks. Um, and it's, it's their genetic makeup that allows them to do it. Um, and we see this little these little stats, these little bio stats on the screen, and it has her name on it. It has Jennifer Walters' name on it. Um, the computer also winds up flashing this email uh, that's incoming from some guy called the Hulk King, and it's the same person who started that website. This is why I say I think that Josh is part of that super villain group, or he may be the hate monger, or he may be worked for Intelligentsia in some way. Um, but um, this email comes through and it says, Hey, is, is the next phase ready? And right when we see that email pop up, we see another person pick up that needle. I remember when the wrecking crew tried to stab her with a needle, but it, all it did was uh, bend the, bend the tip where well, we see a person pick up the needle and walk over to a table with it. And they pick up a second needle. Now the second needle looks really gnarly. It looks really like, like it may be made of adamantium. I mean, not adamantium. It may be made of vibranium. And the lab tech sticks it in a, a a couple of needles, just like that one, into a case and closes it. It has the um, the uh, that little symbol for radioact radioactive inside of it. So who knows, man? That it, it may be that like I'm like I'm thinking that that Todd now and Josh they work for this group. They were sent by the leader to get the blood, and you're not gonna they they're on the they're on their way too get Jen somehow or another um, at the, at, in the animated credits. The last thing I saw as far as Easter eggs go in the animated credits, which happens at the end of, uh, at the end of every show, we see Jen sitting at her desk. Now we've seen this exact same panel before and there was never anything in it, but this time, one of the things that she's studying at her desk is the, a file folder that has the shield logo on it. Now shield has been out of the picture for a while pretty much ever since we figured out um, that shield had been taken over and had always been run by um, Hydra. Um, I mean, that was long before infinity war and before Endgame. shield has not been in the picture since then. Um, so what legal trouble could they be in where they called on Jen to represent them? Right. Remember she's ahead of the superhero or super powered person law division. It's, it doesn't have to be, a superhero it could be super villains because remember the uh, first couple of episodes she had to she had to fight for abomination so they don't always represent heroes sometimes they represent villains and to their credit they got abomination out of jail on on parole so what could shield be up to or what happened where they would have to call on Jen's services it'd be interesting to see them pop back up and have Jen have to represent them in court for some reason of whatsoever um that's all the easter eggs i caught or at least all the ones i want to talk about that i thought were important if you saw something that i missed or if you have a theory of yourself um talk to me i want to i want to hear your thoughts on it let me know on twitter 
at Riddick's Rule. That's R-I-D-D-I-C-K-S Rule. That's all one word. Or on Instagram at the underscore Tweakle underscore pod. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go make me a drink. When I come back, it's time for the last call. So it's time for the last call and I'm coming with some alcohol. I am getting me a drink today because it is chilly outside and it's annoying. It's really annoying. So I got a drink to warm up the bones. So I'm going to have an apple, an apple cider mule. Try saying that three times fast. You'll, you'll get tongue-tied. You'll get tongue-tied. See, I get tongue-tied trying to say tongue-tied. <laughs> anyway, I'll have, I'm having an apple cider mule. Uh, if you've ever had a Moscow mule, it's very similar. Um, crushed ice, two ounces of vodka, some apple cider, uh, an ounce or two or three of ginger beer, depending on how you want it tasting, and garnish it with an apple slice and a cinnamon stick. Now, if you can't remember all that, run this episode back a few seconds and get it, or you can just go over to the Instagram page. I will be posting it on that today. Um, it is a really good drink. Like I said, if you ever had a Moscow Mule, this is very similar, or damn near the exact same thing, and it's really good. It'll warm up your bones. Now, me personally, I'm not going to put ice in it. The recipe calls for ice. I am not going to put ice in it. I am going to drink it neat, warm, and sitting by a bonfire later on this this evening because it is going to be very chilly tonight. Um, For the weekend watch list, it's a very good weekend watch list. Um, We don't have a film pick. We usually start off with a film pick, but we don't have one. We have two series pick this week, though. Um, First one is Quantum Leap. The reboot has already started. It is really good there's a there's this thing about reboots where they try to take the original and update it and it never works and even when it does work it still leaves uh much to be desired but this one this one does what i think reboots should do they don't try to redo what has already been done what they did was take the original and they they are expanding upon it which is good this quantum leap leaves off right where the other one leaves off they reference sam beckett um which they are supposed to be bringing sam back in this series somehow or another i think the story is that um sam will somehow return home finally uh we will all find out that al has passed on and they are all and then sam will try to work with this new team to get the new uh leaper back after he's trapped in this loop of jumping from person to person it is just like the original series it feels very much like the original series even though it's not the 80s itself it is really good thus far it's only been one episode but you can still see where they're hell it uh see where they're headed it's on nbc uh if i'm not mistaken it's going to be on their streaming uh platform which is peacock at some point um and our other series pick is Dahmer monster the jeffrey dahmer story which is on netflix i know a lot of people who are going to ignore this with a with as much vitriol as they possibly can but i am one of those people who need to watch this i will be on top of this and i will watch this entire 10 episode series in one sitting sometime this weekend um, I am not one of those people who want to watch serial killers because I'm interested in how knowing how to do it. I watch it because you can almost see how a person's mind works. And it's like, oh, if that's how he thinks, then there may be somebody I know who's a serial killer and I'm dodging that bullet every day. So maybe I want to stay away from them, which is you need to learn history. This is a big part of history. 
um, every serial killer is a big part of history. You need to learn how these people think if we are to head them off at the path and keep other people from being uh, murdered. Um, yeah, I just want to see it. It's on Netflix right now. It's 10 episodes. I don't know how long each episode is. It, it varies, but I am going to watch that this weekend. Um, our animation pick, Lycoris Recoil. I talked about it briefly before. I started watching it. It's okay. I'm not going to say it's one of the greatest animes. It's probably not even one of the best animes this year, but it is still fun to watch. Um, they do the whole gun girl trope. Um, it is very much, it is very much like Dollhouse, if you remember that, um, on uh, on NBC from a few years ago. Um, and it is very much like um, Black Widow. All these girls are adopted. They're trained to be uh, killers, um, but they kill as anti-terrorist agents. But they are still very much uh, taught to be killers. It's cute on one hand, but at the same time, it's decent action. Like I said, it's not the greatest, but it's still really good to watch. That is like chorus recoil l-y-c-o-r-i-s recoil and our nostalgia pick goes all the way back to 1988 a film called a fish called wanda um it is a it is a heist comedy now i already like heist films i love comedies if you haven't noticed i try to stick comedies in here every once in a while to get to give everybody a laugh um a fish called wanda is one of those movies where you don't know what's going to happen but you're going to laugh at it it is very much a smart comedy where you're going to have to kind of think your way through a handful of the jokes but you will get them they are it is still very funny it's a lot of british comedy a lot of that dry british wit but it is like i said really good it's americanized um stars john cleese kevin klein and uh jamie lee curtis like i said it's 1988 it is a very funny movie i remember it even as a kid i laughed my ass off it is a really good movie um and that's our weekend watch list it is time to go i want you all to take care of yourselves i tell you the same thing every single time i talk to you i don't care if it's one five ten a hundred or a thousand uh, i do care if it's a thousand because that means that podcast is growing which is what i want to happen um but um i don't care how many it is i'm very glad you all decided to tune in and listen to this poke little podcast you could be doing this anything you wanted but you decided to listen to me and i, I know i say that all the time but i am i am very appreciative of every single person that listens to this podcast um not just the folks in the united states but everybody in brazil and the philippines and in germany and argentina and everywhere on across the world because yes we are an international podcast and you are all part of the tweakwell family so thank you very much for listening and uh for my producer nikki rev was telling me to wrap this up so we can get the hell out of here uh, i am coming um for my producer nikki rev we will end this episode saying the same thing we say every single week god bless i love you and peace see you all next time If you like what you're hearing, then by all means, do check back in every Friday at 5 p.m. on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at the underscore tweakle underscore pod. And by all means, go back and listen to the older episodes and see where we came from and see where we're at because we started from the bottom, but now we're here. I'm Jake Alexander signing off. See you later.